You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But probably not. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You see, it's so simple. Step one, we Google the biggest flops on Broadway. Step two, we find the crazy stories behind them. Step three, we see how they lose millions of dollars. Millions? Broadway isn't cheap. A lot of fancy people want to be producers. Step four, find out why the show won't go on. Step five, end this episode and head to Times Square. Times Square? That'll never work. Only Broadway's successes are in Times Square. (laughs) Oh, ye of little faith. I should have said that with a British accent. (laughs) Welcome. What's up, theater geeks? What is up? (laughs) You missed me last week. Yeah, I I think the people did. There was no singing. (laughs) I know, it was so boring. I know. I was listening to it, (laughs) editing it, and blah. No singing at all. Not a single tune. I warned you all, though. Yeah. like, Pamela's not here. There's no singing. I'm sorry. I'm back, though. I'm back. Ladies and gents, <laughs> it was just a weird scheduling thing, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Happens sometimes. It does, and it'll probably happen more because <laughs> it works seven days yeah. a week. So we have a special guest. Very excited. A very special guest. So this is uh, part of our new work. <laughs> part of our new work series. Uh, so just to give a little backstory and kind of introduce our guest. Last year, uh, January 2018, um, if you listen to last week's episode, you will have met Jody Beck. Uh, and she and I produced a concert called Typecast. Starring? Pamela! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also the actress who um, is, she just became like the first uh, black female to be uh, Glinda, Glinda in Wicked. Yes, yeah. totally. Listen, I was not the star. <laughs> I'm just, I, this is, I was being funny. I was not... <laughs> There but was like a... you, there, you had you had very star moments though, and like you really did. Greatest, well, greatest. Yeah, <laughs> you really did. It was. Excellent. But I will say that we were the cast that you and Jody and Madeline, yeah. who is our special guest, by the way. Sorry, I just I just <laughs> spoiled it. Spoiler, sorry, whatever. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> the cast that you guys put together were incredible. It was the talent. We, we I was. Were blessed. I was very insecure. No. 
until until the performance and then it's like you know I don't know you get the adrenaline pumping and then everything's okay but like leading up to that you go to all these rehearsals and you're in this room with incredibly talented people and it's very um humbling which is a very good thing in this business (laughs) to be humbled Mm -hmm. we were so blessed Mm -hmm. and uh to, to, to talk about how blessed we were, mm. one of the things that happened is, like, during the course of putting together our team, I said to Jody, I was like, I think I really want a girl squad. And she was <laughs> like, yes, I, I love this. I think we should have a girl squad. Yeah. But then we were all like, we don't know any female <laughs> music directors. Oh, man. So we went to the social medias. Mm-hmm. And and one person from Jody's gym was like, well, I know this, this music director um, named Madeline Smith. And so <laughs> I went on her website and I was like, is she going to do this with us? Because <laughs> like, we're, mm, well, we're going to talk to her, but like, would she actually do this with us? And Madeline has this huge, wonderful, beautiful heart. And so yes. she absolutely did the show with us. And it was rocked we it were, out. She really did. We were just like <laughs> blessed beyond measure. Yeah. She is the youngest uh, woman to conduct on Broadway. She did Waitress and she's just like brilliant. And she's also like so calm and chill. <laughs> so, like, Which is a very important yes, thing to have <laughs> as a musical like, director. So like, zen. Tell you. It really is. Oh. So it would just be like we, we like Jody and I would be like, okay, this one one thing's not quite working or we need to figure this one thing out. And mm-hmm. Madeline was like, okay. And she would just like <laughs> sketch a little bit on the score or whatever and be like, it's, it'll be fine. And then, and then we were never worried because we were like, it's Madeline. It will be fine. And it was. It was always It was more fine. than fine. It was. <laughs> so welcome, Madeline Smith. Welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> it is so nice to be here with both of you. <laughs> I could do this all day. Tell me more. She's got the comfy chair. So. <laughs> yeah, so in this episode, we just want to talk about, because we know that you work on a lot of new shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, coming from a music directing perspective and working on a new show where like the scores are still being built and being reworked all the time. Mm. Can you just tell us um, how you first got started and got interested in music directing? If there was anything in your childhood where you have like geeky stories like (laughs) Pamela and I do about loving theater. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. So many geeky stories. Um, uh, Well, I guess it started with piano lessons. Mm -hmm. I took classical piano lessons pretty intensely as a little kid through middle school. Um, and right alongside that, my father was the music minister at our church, mm-hmm. and I was accompanying our congregation when I was eight. Which oh my sounds, gosh! Which now I'm like, that's like child that's far labor, too like that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like I didn't have any perspective. It was like, oh, dad needs. How big was the church? I want to say like 150, like a wow, small, okay. like you know, pretty medium size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, a lot of what I do now, I think that I cut my teeth in that environment because um, it's such a collaborative, open mm-hmm. space. Like it, it's the farthest from a performance atmosphere that you can get. And and I think even just the skill set of like accompanying as opposed to performing, mm-hmm. that's not really from studying piano lessons. Like that's from church. And uh, yeah, I did that. I mean, I still do it. I've done it since I was eight. It's crazy. That's um, awesome. <laughs> And yeah, in high school was when I was sort of bit by the bug, which I can largely 
a tribute to Wicked. Um, mm-hmm. When I was much younger, my fa- my whole family loved Les Mis. Like I knew totally. all the words, um, <laughs> except for the the curse words, which my dad <laughs> my dad would sit and watch the 10th anniversary VHS concert with totally and mute on the bad (laughs) on the curse words which is amazing for two reasons one because he was so you know conscientious but also that he knew it so well (laughs) so so I guess Les Mis was my first love but then Wicked was kind of like Mm -hmm. now it's like I had ownership over it and it was like my show Um, (laughs) and so in high school I asked to stop taking piano lessons and to take acting classes and voice lessons, which was hugely dramatic for (laughs) my 13-year-old conception of, like, who I was. I mean, it was really um, quite a change. And my parents let me go for it. So I was in my high school musicals just at my, you know, public high school. But I think once you've felt the community feeling, um, it's really hard to turn back completely and so when I started college I didn't think I was fated to be an actress exactly but Mm -hmm. I knew um, there was something that I couldn't give up in in what theater was and so I was kind of like an ex-pianist and church accompanist and loved my high school acapella group and somehow realized that these skills amounted to music directing which I don't think I really even understood that job description until college um started music directing extracurricularly in undergrad. And then I I really think the first time I conducted a pit orchestra, like Mm -hmm. the moment I did, something shifted. And I like I had a moment of clarity where I was like, (laughs) wait, like this is the actual best thing in the world, objectively. So like like, anyone who's not doing this is like not living their best life, (laughs) 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 which I know is actually subjective. But I think um, honestly, from like my sophomore year in college on, I knew I was just going to move to New York with nothing and nice. make a go of it. So mm-hmm. I didn't do any recruiting or job interviews. <laughs> I, I just got an apartment with all my savings and kind of went from there. That's incredible. Yeah. Where did you grow up? I was born in Atlanta, but by middle school had moved to Connecticut, which oh, okay. is where my parents still are. Just a stone's throw stone's from the big throw. city. Did stone's you come throw. in and see shows with them? We did. It was it was a very special occasion. It was like a yeah. Christmas present sort of thing. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Um, like maybe once or twice a year. Um, and so New York had this sort of like sheen of mystique yeah. to it <laughs> that now it doesn't always. Yeah. Not a sheen. No, we <laughs> we live here now. <laughs> yeah, now we're like, oh. <laughs> I think the, like there's this test like when are you a true New Yorker uh-huh. and everyone says like 10 years. You've lived here for 10 years. You're a true New Yorker. Yeah. I don't think that's true. I think when it loses its sheen, you are a true New Yorker. Yeah. Yeah. So so can you tell us like what was the first like big show that you found a little bit intimidating that you did <laughs> here? Um big or small. It could be Yeah, I mean, that you just were like what? You know, it's funny. It's like sometimes <laughs> like some in some ways I would never want to relive my first year in New York. <laughs> Yeah. For the sleep deprivation and oh. anxiety. I mean, yeah. it, was, yeah. it was just like, no, it was like crazy. But um, that adjustment period is so real, so mm. intense. Yeah. But I think there was something kind of special about it in that every accomplishment was sort of my biggest accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I felt like any gig I got, 
it would be like, yeah. oh, my mom, like, yeah. I'm, yes. I'm doing the thing. Um, and so I remember feeling like I was climbing mountains yeah. all the time, even though, you know, very soon after I moved here, I was like the assistant music director for a five day reading. Mm-hmm. But on the first day, um, the the MD just sent cast members in to learn music with me. And they were all <laughs> they'd all been on Broadway. I mean, I just yeah. like I didn't understand yet how fluid the the kind of mm. strata strata are sure. of the community and how everyone knows everyone. Yeah. Um, and people who work on Broadway by day, they might be doing a tiny reading that never goes right. anywhere. So, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely had some like, I was so intimidated by everyone <laughs> that I, especially like actors who I respected, because sure. it, it felt like, who am I to fix your cutoff on that note? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it really took some time to adjust to that. I yeah. Think. I think that's so important. I mean, you talked about collaboration before. The theater is all about collaboration. Yeah. And I, as an actor, can't do my job without the musical director and without mm. the stage manager and without the director. So it's it, it's all this. But you also don't have a job to do without the performers. Absolutely. And the stage manager yeah. doesn't, you know, doesn't know how to do the music part, but he knows how to do the staging part. So then it's like it, it all has to work together. It's that's, really kind of it's really interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the many things that I do love about the theater is the collaborative aspect mm-hmm. and it and it's 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 like a group project but in a good way right mm-hmm. like so, so <laughs> like nobody's times, slacking <laughs> right right because everybody knows that like if one piece if one piece of the organism is not working well then that could just mess up we will all have egg on our face yeah. or or we just won't go anywhere from right. this point right there's yeah. this huge kind of pressure to succeed but everyone feels it in the same way and right. it's not like a bad pressure it's like a uh, an exciting adrenaline induced pressure yeah. like an instant pot i'm <laughs> 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 just waiting i'm waiting for my spaghetti squash to be finished in 10 minutes <laughs> so <laughs> Trip and a half. <laughs> We're sponsored by Instant Pot. <laughs> if only. Instant Pot. If only. If you're listening. <laughs> Instant Pot. We would totally talk I all about you. I love my Instant Pot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, can you tell us how you got the job at Waitress? Like, how that came about? Definitely, yeah. Um, most of my favorite things in my life professionally started at the bottom of the totem pole either as a pianist mm-hmm. um, being able to sight read well or as someone who can transcribe sheet mm. music and yeah. use the software that people use to make yeah. sheet music and my my job on waitress was just keeping up with the sheet music mm-hmm. um sarah Brellis, the composer isn't from a sheet music world it's not <laughs> necessary for yeah. what she does she has her band and does her thing. So it was to keep up with what she was doing and codify it. Were you listening to her music and then actually writing out? Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. She's shaking her head yes. (laughs) I have to remember that this is a podcast. Well, well, I was in in rehearsal. I I joined the project when it was in its Broadway rehearsal process. So a lot of it was already written when I arrived. But it was just being the scribe, like the, the kind of archive. And something unique about waitress is that the band is the orchestrating team which yeah. is oh, i wow. believe unprecedented on yeah, that's, yeah it that's is that's normal. really cool and and really has a lot of upsides because you know who knows better how to make the bass part sound good than the bassist yeah, and absolutely. so there's this sort of shared 
ownership and shared creativity that resembles the way an actual band would make music. I wish I could have been in that meeting with Sarah and her band going, hey, guys, I feel like I want to write a Broadway musical. And they were just all on board with yeah. it. I just love that. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's a really interesting hybrid um, of, of theater people and kind of music yeah. world people. Um, well, Sarah was a big theater woman yeah, girl yeah. at the time, but woman now. Yeah, <laughs> and and even more so. It's funny how mm-hmm. these things loop around, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. she's been Jesus in it Christ, three times. And... She did it the right that way. three times. <laughs> she succeeded, and then she's able to do any Broadway musical yeah. she wants. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Whereas the rest of us just want to be Broadway stars. But <laughs> with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so keep going mm. with the story. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, I was, you know, scribing not only the songs, but each yeah. instrument's part oh, yeah. <laughs> for the songs um, so that there was some kind of record of it. And then just started accompanying rehearsals, which, again, is like it's a entry level mm-hmm. music team position to just be able to be like, I know this music well, I can play. Yeah. And about six months after it opened, they just they gave me a go at, at conducting a show. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. I think that. Upward mobility is such a like elusive thing mm-hmm. for a lot of aspects of our industry. And, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I've also been the assistant to the assistant on yeah. shows for mm-hmm. three years with no payoff. And like, yeah. no. So I, I really think that for some reason it was just supposed to happen that yeah. way. Yeah. And um, it's become like a pretty big bullet point on the, like the story of how no this kidding. is all unfolded. So yeah. it, it is interesting because a lot of times what will happen in this business is that you're so good at one thing mm. that yeah. they don't want to make any move you. for mm-hmm. you. Right. So true. Because, well, no, but we really need a really good sight-reading accompanist. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to keep you there. Mm-hmm. And, you're like, and they never give you that kind of chance to move upwards. Yeah. That's really awesome. It's awesome. And then you also did, fro- you wrote, you adapted Frozen Junior. Yes. Is that correct? Can oh, you explain fun. that? I not that. <laughs> I mean, it's so yeah. interesting. Like, in some ways, a very parallel journey in that I got a voicemail from Bobby Lopez, who had gotten my name from someone, and he said, we need someone to start transcribing all the sheet music for Frozen, the Broadway musical. Can you start, like, today? Nice. And I, this was in that first year. <laughs> I was so maxed out. I was, like, running around. <laughs> And my roommate like listens to this voicemail with me, and they were like, "You can't, you can't. When would you even find a <laughs> minute?" Like, and I call back, to. and I'm like, "I'm starting today." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, yeah. so odd. So, I, I was the, <laughs> I was the transcriber assistant um, from before the very first reading of it, all the way through its out of town tryout. So, like a couple years with those people yeah. and that material. Um, and then hit a, a tough crossroads right before it's out of town tryout where I just, you know, scheduling problem yeah. had to choose between continuing on in that same role with yeah. no promotion 
or following a totally unrelated passion project that was having its first production. And I agonized and I made yeah. pro-con charts and I you know, was so <laughs> upset um, and ended up respectfully and gratefully leaving the Frozen team. Mm. And then the craziest thing, six months later, Disney itself called and asked <laughs> if I would adapt Frozen Broadway into Frozen Junior Amazing. for um, which ended up being like actually very creatively stimulating and fulfilling because mm, um, I, I, I knew the material inside out and now it was like dump the puzzle out on the table. <laughs> how, do, how is this possible for children to do? That's yeah. awesome. The music's incredibly challenging. It's, yeah. you know, it's, you have to abridge it. You have to add more characters to include more kids. And um, yeah, it's such a fun exercise. And it, it's finally... Uh, just been released and so schools will start doing it this year <laughs> so much so fun yeah, did you, you had um did you have a, a was there a book writer that joined with you as well to yeah yeah this was so smart of them they got the book writer who wrote the cruise line adaptation of frozen oh, smart which is a 60 minute version of frozen so mm-hmm. she was bringing in the 60 minute and I was bringing in a knowledge of the new Broadway material Mm -hmm. um it was really match made in heaven and because like Mm -hmm. on the first day we met we were already so deep into the details of the characters in the story um and it was kind of frantic because we were also adapting Frozen Kids which is 30 minutes for third to fifth grade (laughs) simultaneously yeah as Broadway was in previews, changing things. Oh, so sometimes we would set something and then find out that like <laughs> the song was cut. And of course, mm. Disney can't license to schools something that doesn't end up on Broadway. Right. So yeah. uh, it was really a wacky few months, okay. but we all survived. And <laughs> I, I think all of the products turned out really great. That's so. awesome. Yeah, How many yeah. months did it take you to finish? Oh, man, I got hired... Um, December of 2018 Mm -hmm. and went to conduct the recording session in Nashville in May. So pretty fast. I mean, and once the orchestra's recorded, it's like, can't change it now. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but some, it's a really cool element of what this Disney library is, is that they make excellent backing tracks that Mm -hmm. they send to schools, which is aligned with their mission of even schools with no money to do Mm -hmm. this with no teacher who's ever done it, with no music director, they really try to make it possible. They send you a box with, like, here's how to block a scene. Well, like, that's, oh, that's and, really wonderful. Yeah, and this, like, n- state-of-the-art Nashville recording orchestra playing the music for your kids to sing yeah. along to. I mean, it's just Very it's cool. really moving what, the, what their mission is. Well, that's they, awesome, because that's just, like, anyone. making it accessible to yeah, everyone. Right. Which well, because like, they know how important the arts and music yeah. and, and that kind of mm-hmm. work is to yeah. the overall picture of a child's ed- education yeah, and absolutely. a child's life and well-being. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. Okay. So moving forward, you are about to go to ART to work on a new musical. That funny enough, I heard the, like, I think it was like three or four songs from in 2016 uh, because the gentleman who wrote it, the the brothers, Mm -hmm. they uh, were part of... um, um, Lynn and Stevens, um, like writing, uh, what do they call it? Fellowship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so at the graduation, like I have a friend who was directing it. So she, so 
myself and one of Robbie, who if you've listened to this podcast, <laughs> you all know him. <laughs> uh, Robbie and I went to this graduation and this was one of the two shows we loved the most. Mm. So when you said you were working on like the full production of it, I was so happy to hear that like something is happening with it. Hey, so, I you... don't know what production right, is. <laughs> right. So I'm <laughs> as I continue. So so Madeline, if you can just tell yeah. us a little bit about the show, how you got involved with the show and things like that, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm really excited about this one. The show's called We Live in Cairo. Um, it is a retelling of the events of the 2011 revolution in Egypt that um, in 18 days about a million revolutionaries stormed Tahrir Square and set up camp there and after 18 days they successfully overthrew a 30-year president Um, and so cool yeah it's it's amazing and it it sort of flashes between uh, that moment of so much energy and activism and then uh, 2014 when Egypt has fallen back into a political state that some people would say is actually worse than before the revolution and it's it's complicated and um it just follows six young people who are friends and who get involved and shows how their bonds kind of coalesce and then fall apart and um it's it's just it's a really interesting moment to be talking about like activism and like what can we even do basically Mm -hmm. and I think what I love most about the show is it, it sets a bar of like, well, sometimes you really can do something yeah. and and um, and just ask the question of like, how on earth did this work? Mm. Um, so I'm very excited. The, mu- cool. the music yeah. was so beautiful. Yeah. It was gorgeous. Yeah. It like, happened I want in Cairo? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 That was the kind of center of this of the revolution. And um, oh, I'm sorry. The title is it happened. Oh, in sorry. Cairo? We live in Cairo. We live in like, Cairo. No, that's right. yes. The Egyptian. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. And, and these brothers, uh, Daniel and Patrick Lazour, um, young guys, Lebanese, and they've been writing it for five or six years. It's amazing. Kind of, they, yeah, they've just stuck to their guns, and they, we have an amazing uh, female Egyptian director on board. So good! Uh, and a Palestinian choreographer. <laughs> so good. And we're just hauling up to Boston with our Arab cast to so good. Our play. <laughs> I love it so much. It's good, it's good. So yeah. excited about that. Awesome. Um, is there anything else that you're working on that's coming down the pike that you're excited about? Yeah, yeah. I'm um I, I'm a few readings in on a new show. It's a punk rock <laughs> revolutionary war spy musical. Oh wow. Um <laughs> and it's all female or gender nonconforming actresses, um, who are all actor musicians. Okay. Um, so this it's called Agent Three Five Five and it um it's exploring this question of George Washington's spy ring, which had all male members and then one female member Mm -hmm. and to this day we don't know the identity of that woman but she's referred to in letters and and it's sort of like a mythical thing of like who is this woman which (laughs) i love because it means she was the best spy (laughs) we know the name of every man who was in that spy ring but you don't know the woman yeah the best spy um so the form of the show is this a band like a a punk rock band um and each each person in the band sort of doubles as both a man who is in the spiring and then a possibility of oh, who this woman might have been that's cool um and 
it's it's been challenging and really fun in part because actor musician shows are just like a really humbling and, yeah. and fun challenge and I think for a music director I did a few of them last year and it's really on my mind a lot I think um you can't just go in and kind of like do your music director magic and be super efficient and like polished <laughs> because yeah. everyone's just coming in you have amazing instrumentalists who aren't as great singers or vice versa and mm-hmm. and you're just collecting all this data about where everyone's at and um and I think most importantly, just trying to make sure everyone feels really, really valuable yeah. um, to that ensemble. Mm-hmm. And the sense of ensemble when you're playing instruments, I think, just it <laughs> dials up immediately because totally. you're relying on each other for yeah. everything, for the tempo and your first note. I mean, it's all the group. Um, so we've been really lucky. We're kind of assembling our core team of, I think, the performers who will do this show. But it's also been challenging because I've been written into the show oh, wow. as, a, as a character um, <laughs> with the thinking being eventually this would probably be like an MD track in the mm-hmm. show. Like it's kind of like the conductor, but I'm playing piano and like I sing a song and now I have lines and it's like, <laughs> how far is this going to go? Um, but as I said, like way back, I mean, I love performing I was always in choirs and things and so it's like it's good it's like I'm trying to stay open to like don't don't tell yourself that you can't do it just because you're not like an actress there's a whole new kind of theatricality emerging right now that is not asking you to like quote it's much more ambiguous yeah Mm -hmm. and like if if these shows that have more of like a storyteller Mm -hmm. thing where it's just about the music and about the text like who knows how the, how those departments are going to start yeah. converging. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's awesome. Um, so, like, can you talk a little bit about what it's been like to be um, in a part of the theater that's been pretty male-dominated and how sort of um, being a young music director, young female music director has kind of... Um, a, I mean, you're going to lead the way for so many other young people, so super excited about that but like (laughs) just like what it's been like for you and the women who've gone before and that if you've gotten to meet anybody that you'd looked up to yeah yeah um I mean I'll start with the women women who came before because um I really feel like I'm in sort of the second wave Mm -hmm. of women trying to do this and Mm -hmm. now it's it's sort of like celebrated or almost trendy like I mm-hmm. I definitely get emails sometimes that say like from a man that's like we're looking for a female music director which like <laughs> I have to admit actually is a little irritating because it's mm-hmm. kind of like if you made that decision among your team that's great but like couldn't you just say you want to hire a music right. director yeah um but but seriously like it, it I am benefiting from mm-hmm. the fact that it's like in vogue to promote diversity on your creative teams. And I think in any conversation about the male-dominated nature of it, I just have to, like, pay homage to the women who, like, Mm -hmm. were doing it when it was not trendy and it was not in vogue. And, like... And it could have almost been potentially dangerous. Yes, yes, no doubt. And, and, I mean, the, like, Janine Tesori's and Mary Mitchell Campbell's of the world, I mean, they they were doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, Kim Grigsby... um, so I, I do feel like I have dealt with some stuff, but like I am get, get like reaping the benefits of their yeah. work. Yeah. Um, 
And and I think sometimes it's hard to parse out, as you said, being like a young female, like what about my experience is which of those adjectives? Because mm-hmm. I think um, there's the feeling of being looked down upon for being young, mm-hmm. um, which in some cases is like a little reasonable it's like no you're right like I haven't I don't have as many credits as someone else who you could hire Mm -hmm. but then there's also the feeling of being because you're a woman which is ridiculous and should never happen Mm -hmm. so uh, navigating that um and wearing both of those labels yeah uh can sometimes be a little confusing but but I think um I I have my friend Sammy Candle she's a director and she has this great rule of thumb that, or quote mantra maybe, that we share, that um, what you lack in experience you can make up for in preparation. Mm-hmm. And she's sort of my hero in this aspect because she can, she's, you know, she's quiet and sweet and kind of small, and she can run a rehearsal of 50 people because anytime anyone has a question, she has already thought, I mean, she's so mm. prepared. Mm-hmm. And I think you can gain the trust of your colleagues by just doing the work and just Mm -hmm. show up with the work done. Um, So when I, when I'm anxious about all the like dynamics and all the politics of it, sometimes I'm like, all I can do is go home and do my homework. Yeah. You can only do what you can do. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So in closing, do you have any, I guess, advice for young women coming up, young music directors anywhere, young people who think like this might be a path for them, uh, who are interested in it? Yeah, I mean, I'd say the most important thing in all arts is to just like dig into what paths might be available to you. Because I, I, looking back, I'm like, how was actress the only thing that occurred to me? Like, I had so many kind of propensities and interests right. and, like, mm-hmm. no one ever said, oh, you're an amazing pianist. <laughs> Whatever, you know. No, <laughs> but, no, they're really, yes. you're right. There's a right. lack of knowledge of the opportunities mm-hmm. that are there right. for people within the industry. I mean, well, it wasn't until, until I was in, in my industry. 20s yeah. that, like, I had a teacher that was like, you'd be a good producer. And I was like, oh, I never Right. Well, I you're like, well, what does a producer that? do? Don't they just put up the money? Like, the, of course, right. these questions come to your mind. Right. And until you're actually in the industry, you really don't know what all the cogs and and pieces are that are running this behind right. the scenes. Well, I mean, I will say he did explain he did explain what that meant. And when he said it, I was like, right. I, <laughs> right. <laughs> I yeah. should yes. do that. I should. But it yeah. wasn't until... Like some in, until you're in a moment or in a space where people have a broader understanding of what making theater actually means and yeah. what that looks like, like mm-hmm. you are very limited. I was doing the same thing, thought actor, right? Like that's what I. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but you actually should be an actor. That's, right, that's, right. <laughs> that's the difference. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really it. The first step, at least, is like just notice the boxes that you're being put in yeah. um, and then ask questions and get out of them and a- at least in the Broadway community I mean honestly like in terms of leading the way that's another source of comfort to me sometimes I'm like maybe I don't deserve everything that's come to me maybe it is because it's trendy and because people are panicking about being all white men and mm-hmm. honestly even if that's true mm-hmm. if it's starting to shift any kind of proportion towards 
women being considered for jobs, then that that's enough for me. Like, yeah. I, I, maybe some woman who is more competent than I am is 10 years behind me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if I can just, you know, hack away at, like, yeah. the imbalance a little bit. Um, Absolutely. And to that end, I, I get an email or Facebook message maybe every, like, six months from a girl who just, like, found me somehow um, in in high school and and I always you know talk on the phone get a coffee try to be because it's like the least I can do Mm -hmm. um for the women who tangibly and invisibly set me up for success and what I'm doing and so to your point I think a piece of advice would be like just go for it I mean fine if you're going to be in New York and you want to sit in a Broadway pit and see what's going on Find an email address, find someone on Facebook, and mm-hmm. nothing to lose. And mm-hmm. I bet you would be surprised at how yeah. many people would say it's no I agree. problem at all. I agree yeah. with that completely. Yeah. 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 That's excellent advice. Awesome. This, this was fun. Yes. <laughs> Happy Women's History Month, you guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot that uh-huh. that was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's our episode. Thank Thanks you so much, much for Madeline, for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Coming out to the Queens. I know. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.